0: This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of the Sentinel Fort in Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. We got a story from Axios this morning, and I, I don't know how official this is. I'm guessing that they've been talking to people within Biden's campaign, and we're reporting on names that have come up as far as possible cabinet positions. And we got some of the worst of the worst here, but clearly, I don't know how else Elizabeth Warren can take this other than uh, somewhat of an insult, because it suggests that Warren it would be considered as a treasury secretary in a Biden cabinet, but it also suggests that so too would Jamie Dimon, the CEO of JPMorgan Chase, also uh, Anna Finucane, Finucane, the vice chairman of Bank of America. So... Biden, considering his cabinet, considering Treasury Secretary, floats Warren's name and two Wall Street bankers. Also, Michael
1: Bloomberg oh, yeah, as president Bank. of the World Bank. And uh, I got to say this uh, this cabinet list, it, it, it's not good. It's not very it's, good. It's exactly and, what I'd expect. And it doesn't seem like they're seriously considering Elizabeth Warren at all. Uh, when you see those other names and it it also seems like there there there's another thing going on too which is if they are considering her it just shows and, and she's also open to this and receptive to this it just shows that uh, she really hasn't she hasn't turned out to be the person people were hoping that she would be no meanwhile Working Families Party which
0: initially endorsed Warren and really bizarre process, has now endorsed Bernie, citing him as the only progressive left in the race. But yeah, we're still waiting on Warren's endorsement and the window for which her endorsement would matter is rapidly closing at the time of recording right now. I'd give her about another two hours, maybe to make the evening news with an endorsement of Bernie Sanders to have an impact on Michigan and other contests on Tuesday. Looks like it's not going to happen, though.
1: Yeah, it looks like it's not going to happen. She was on Saturday Night Live uh the other night palling around with uh what was it Kate McKinnon, the the, the she played Hillary yeah. too. She's yeah. Libs' favorite fucking person on the planet. And the uh, the reaction from from just the slimiest Washington careerists like Charlotte Climber, who are saying like, "Oh my God, this is what we're missing for four years. We could have had, we could have had Kate McKinnon doing these TikToks, and and because of you, Bernie Bros, we can't do it." Like all this stuff makes me think that. We don't even we we don't even want these people on our team anymore, and we're not going to win with them. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just it's everything there. There's there's nothing good coming.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there might be another shock in store for Michigan. I do remember last year. When Bernie shocked the world in Michigan. Bernie didn't even think he was going to win. He was in some, he was in
1: Florida at the time. Had to do a quick press conference after winning. Um, that could happen. Well, I, w- I still welcome Warren supporters. I would welcome a Warren endorsement. But I guess what I was trying to say is that uh, people like Charlotte Clymer, who are obsessed with their politicians as celebrities... And obsessed with this being all just a personality thing is just we don't need their fucking support anymore. I'm pretty bothered by the lockdown
0: we're seeing right now within the Democratic primary, too, that started immediately happening after Super Tuesday, uh, in which you saw the line of endorsements. We now have had Kamala Harris and Cory Booker line up to endorse uh, Joe Biden. Kamala Harris previously calling out Joe Biden's racist past. Cory Booker previously joining uh, with Julian Castro, Julian Castro, yes, uh, to criticize Biden's uh, cognitive decline just a f- few months ago. Uh, now they're both lining up. Well, at least Harris and Booker are lining up behind Joe Biden. So you see that consolidation happening. You already see Biden running with ads and pundits talking about Bernie attacking Biden. Now suddenly we can't attack Biden, or else that helps Trump. Even though the week beforehand everybody was attacking Bernie, who is the front runner. But now that Biden's the frontrunner, you can't attack him anymore. You've seen the debate rules changed already. Uh, We were supposed to have a regular debate with just Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, two hours with debate moderators. That's been changed now because we know that Joe Biden can't handle himself in that sort of debate. So now it's going to be a seated town hall discussion in which uh, people will be asking questions, which means you won't really have people pressing for answers. Or pressing for follow-ups, or the other candidates being able to use those questions to attack each other, since it's you know some voter asking the question. Maybe you will. Maybe Bernie will still be able to do that, but this is clearly being done to benefit Joe Biden. And now with coronavirus going on, it's just a matter of time before you see the DNC or Tom Perez issue some statement uh, encouraging the campaigns to minimize their rallies to. Uh, to keep the number of people attending rallies to a minimum to avoid uh, spreading coronavirus. Of course, Joe Biden is not really running rallies. That's fine. He's been locked up for a week pretty much, except making the few-minute appearance here and there. Uh, whereas Bernie relies on rallies, relies on ha- hyping people up. So in just like a week, you've seen this primary get locked down so fast. It's really discouraging, but still Bernie could could possibly do something Tuesday Uh, I know people are knocking on doors, making phone calls up in Michigan and uh, trying to shock the world again. Speaking of uh, coronavirus, it has come to DC. Uh, We've got a quarantine related to a church here in DC, but we also, it's just a matter of time at this point before they cancel Congress. Uh, Two members of Congress, Republican Paul Gosar, Senator Ted Cruz, both Republicans are now self-quarantining. Uh, at home in their respective home districts and home states. Uh, this is following interactions they had with coronavirus infected
1: people at CPAC. That'd be something if Ted Cruz died of coronavirus. <laughs> 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 Paul Gosar was was the one who was more morbid I would say on the timeline today yeah uh, he tweeted out a photo fo- it was like not a photo what am I saying it was like a a, a graphic a drawing it was of like some a medieval battle or it was something like, yeah it
0: looked like a cut sequence from some video game so, yeah,
1: from video game like for the screen cap of Assassin's Creed or something yeah and it was like, it's, it's more honorable to die on the battlefield than of, of this virus or something. Yeah, I've been thinking like, about so, my
0: own fatality lately.
1: Yeah. He's posting like a like a fucking Dark Enlightenment Reddit guy, which is basically uh, what the Republican Party is.
0: Yeah. Well, one major story dominating the news today. Let's get to it. It's Monday, March 9th,
1: 2020. Here's the news. Recent financial market instability reached new levels this morning after an oil price war. Saudi Arabia announced yesterday it would boost oil production, sending oil futures on their biggest one-day drop since the first Gulf War 29 years ago. This came days after Russia refused to deal with OPEC late last week on cutting production. OPEC countries wanted the production cuts to boost oil prices in response to the drop in demand caused by the coronavirus. The breakdown of relations sent the global oil price benchmark to just under $34 per barrel, a four-year low. Oil produced here in the U.S. by fracking needs about $50 per barrel to break even. It seems this is a short-term price shock that Saudi Arabia is trying to strong-arm Russia back to the table to get oil prices back up, but economic damage has been done. Stock markets tanked around the world this morning. In the United States, major indexes plunge 7% in just minutes after the opening bell, causing the New York Stock Exchange to suspend trading. Per NYSE rules, circuit breakers stop transactions for 15 minutes when the S&P is down 7% on the day. They're triggered again when the S&P drops 13% from the opening. Markets closed for the day after a 20% drop. We're now
0: hovering about... Down 7.83%, over 2,000 points right now at the
1: time of the recording. Reminder that most stock is owned by the very rich. The top 1% owns 56% of all U.S. equities, but the poor are the ones who suffer most when the stock market crashes. Trickle-down only works when something bad has happened. In that vein, energy-producing parts of the country are feeling it today the Dow Jones U.S. oil and gas index was down 16 percent this morning, down to almost 20 percent this afternoon. As New York Mag's Eric Levitz tweeted this morning, quote, who needs a fracking ban when you've got Saudi Arabia? Speaking of tweets, President Trump had a normal one on Twitter this morning. Good for the consumer. Gasoline prices coming down was his first reaction. <laughs> as stock markets were fucking crashing and needed to be shut down. Then a few minutes later, quote, Saudi Arabia and Russia are arguing over the price and flow of oil. That and the fake news is the reason for the market drop. <laughs> it was good for the consumer 30 seconds ago. Anyway, obviously, bearish markets hurt the president's reelection chances. Fortunately for him, Democrats are about to nominate a guy who barely knows where he is, but knows that he wants Jamie Dimon as a possible Treasury secretary. Relatedly, this afternoon, it was reported by The Washington Post that Wall Street execs will head to the White House on Wednesday to talk about the ongoing coronavirus panic. Financial services also got smoked across the board, though not as hard as energy companies. The Nasdaq Bank Index was down 10%.
0: The coronavirus may be crashing markets, but it's also creating opportunities for scammers. On Monday, the Federal Trade Commission and the Food and Drug Administration sent warning letters to seven companies accusing them of making deceptive claims about how their products can treat coronavirus. The companies include, and this is seem like all uh all subsidiaries of some uh marianne williamson conglomerate here or some alex jones conglomerate yeah some prison we've got, some prison pole yeah we've got vital silver quinescence aromatherapy energetics guru nanda vivify holistic clinic Herbal Army and the Jim Baker Show, which is a televangelist show that was hawking bogus coronavirus
1: treatment. This is the real horseshoe theory. The real horseshoe theory is Marriott Williamson on one side and Prison Paul on the other. <laughs> <laughs> and on one side, it's herbal crystals and the other, it's like energetics, nootropics, and and silver. Where, where silver. does Jim Baker fit into all this? Jim Baker is on the on the, the prison who? Paul side of it, all the, right. the, 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 the InfoWars side of it.
0: These entities, according to the FTC, are pushing things like teas, essential oils, and collodial silver as possible coronavirus cures. The letters demand that the companies immediately stop making baseless claims about their products. They are to respond within 48 hours about corrective actions that have been taken The FTC said it will continue to monitor companies' social media posts and online marketplaces and that the agency reserves the right to take further enforcement actions if the deceptive practices continue. On a serious note, you know what does help treat coronavirus? Listening to podcasts while self-quarantined
1: we're gonna need a podcast bailout here (laughs) when when wall street goes to uh to the white house stage we're the last
0: domino to fall it's like wall street crashes uh grocery stores and other places start closing down people start getting laid off they no longer can afford five dollars on patreon and then that's when the podcaster bailout
1: is needed Speaking of which, are we paying attention to how Patreon itself is doing in the Jesus, in the corporate debt market? Don't even, not even thinking about it. To be fair, it's probably the only one of these fucking tech scammer companies that actually makes money. They just, they make money on the backs of our content and everyone else's content. Yeah, but they're, not such, just our they're content, such, obviously.
0: such dipshits that they've taken so much venture capital funding that they have profit margins goals that they can't accomplish so now they're hawking all these other products and screwing up their original business so
1: they're also probably spending all their uh all their money on shit like ping pong tables that 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 play like dubstep when you uh when you when you serve an ace no need for further
0: anxiety thinking about patreon's finances here speaking of patreon though all new subscribers to our patreon get their own haiku written for them and read on the air let's read a few right now this is for
1: sam great name yeah going to wall street with a nice big cheeseburger for jamie diamond thank you
0: sam this is for roald or rolled or maybe it's ronald and they forgot the n who knows rolled digitizing lunch 16 gigabyte sandwich with 4 bytes missing
1: thank you Rob. finally this is for Blob Blob the millennials 2008 socialists now Zoomer Maoists thank you
0: Blob Blob aka Mike what's up appreciate it and thanks to all the new subscribers. Again, that's Patreon.com slash district sentinel. I, uh, I
1: just realized here before you get into the outro that I was gonna uh, explain the joke a little more, uh, the Jamie Diamond one, or I was gonna reference at the top of the show that he just had a heart attack.
0: Well we mentioned it on
1: Friday's did show, mention but that was for Friday the subscribers. Show. I just yeah. I didn't want anyone to think that I was that I was bringing Jamie Diamond a cheeseburger for for uh No, it's again. a heart attack burger. Yes. <laughs>
0: All right, before we go, let's check out the listener rant line.
2: Hey, Sentinel. Um, I'm uh, Terry. Um, I love your show. I'm just calling to rant about the following. Um, as you know, Warren uh, dropped out of the race, and people who are her supporters or are somehow involved with her campaign are now looking for everyone to kiss their ass to come over to either team, Bernie or Biden. And I'm seeing a lot of shit online that's like, oh, you didn't give me the rim job I wanted. Therefore, I'm going for Biden. Like, thanks, we don't owe you anything. And I just want to say, fuck that entire concept And fuck the idea that it's somehow gendered, that women supporters owe people something. Yes, women are treated as owing people things they don't owe people. But this isn't that situation. In this situation, it's about which side are you on and do you have fucking principles? And are you ready to maybe try and do politics in a way that's not transactional and actually based on values? Okay. I love your show, Um, and thank you for uh, sending me the listener rant line number in a Patreon message. All right, have a great weekend. Bye.
1: Well said. I agree. Fully agree. I think I uh, ranted on the top of the show uh, to something basically to that effect.
0: Yeah, I, I got particularly mad today at Adam Green, online the Progressive Change Campaign Committee guy who was really obnoxious Warren supporter. He's holding people accountable on twitter for saying that warren should endorse bernie he's the guy who should be the loudest person online calling on warren to endorse bernie it's the least he could fucking do at this point point. and if he believes in anything he claims
1: to believe in he should be getting his former boss to endorse bernie the idea that your uh ideals are somehow fungible because fucking boner mao 42 said fuck you on twitter to you like we ourselves have fought with bernie a uh, fellow bernie supporters online all the time it yeah. doesn't it doesn't make us like 30 seconds later to be like you know what all those principles i said i believed in nah nah i had a fight with uh you know ghost boner 69 yeah there are plenty of bernie
0: people online who fucking hate my guts but <laughs> You know, I'm still
1: ride or die Bernie. You're you're still very uh, clear headed about this. Yeah. All right, one more call. Not basing your ideas on your fucking worst enemies, et cetera, or the 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 worst caricature of your adversaries. Yeah.
3: Hey Sam. Hey Sam. It's Slater. I'm uh, calling in with an update on the awful pundit tournament. Right now, this week, we are in the uh, championship match between Brett Stevens and Jennifer Rubin. Um, Ooh, neither of these were one seeds coming in. It's a real Cinderella story with Jennifer Rubin coming in as a 14 seed and making it all the way to the finals. And uh, she's got to be the heavy favorite. Brett not being on Twitter has cost him, even though he is consistently turning out awful takes for the new york times op-ed page and uh after the finals wrap up and we award the 2020 championship the regular season will begin to determine who will be competing in the 2021 tournament so um go vote for either uh brett stevens or jennifer rubin in the championship match and uh subscribe on patreon peace out
0: wow that must mean Ben Shapiro is out. The uh, defending defending champion, two time champion Ben Shapiro, not making it to the finals. Jennifer Rubin versus Bedbug Brett
1: Stevens. Rubin's been hot. I think I think she's going to take it because she I, I has been so very consistent. And yeah, very persistent.
0: I mean, tomorrow Brett Stevens could come out with an article uh, about Bernie's skull or something like that that could put him over the top. But yeah, that's true. Who knows? Anyways, uh, yeah, support Slater on Patreon in the Awful Pundits Tournament. Call the rant line 202-684-6108. Leave a message. That's it for today. We will be back tomorrow. We're here in D.C. so you don't have to be.